This is Policy, Guns and Money, the Aspie podcast, with me, Olivia Nelson. On the 13th of July, Australia's Deputy Prime Minister and Defence Minister, Richard Miles, formally opened the Australian Strategic Policy Institute's Washington DC office. In what is Australia's first defence and national security think tank to open an overseas office, we were thrilled to have Minister Miles join ASPI's Executive Director, Justin Bassey, and the inaugural Washington DC Director, Mark Watson, for the official launch. In this short podcast special, Justin and Mark share their views on the launch and the critical role that ASPI DC will play in informing security, defence and foreign policy debates in Washington. The opening of ASPI's office in Washington DC was a great event. Mark, for those who weren't there or haven't had the chance to watch the recording, tell us about the lead up to the day and the day itself. Uh, thanks, Justin. Yeah, look, it really was a great day. Uh, it was a great day for Aspie, obviously, but I think more broadly, it was a really great day for Australia and the United States. Uh, look, the lead up really started just over a year ago uh, when uh, former Minister uh, Dutton, uh, Minister for Defence Dutton, uh, announced that we were going to open here. And that really was the fulfilment of the vision of the former executive director, Peter Jennings, who I know for a long time had wanted to see Aspie expand offshore and get outside the Barton postcode. So, you know, that was where it started. But as we were leading into the actual opening day, I can assure you things got a lot more intense. Uh, just over a week before the opening, it was an empty space. We had nothing. It was just an empty room and uh, that was starting to get a bit stressful. Then less than a week uh, before the opening, it was just a room stacked floor to ceiling with with boxes of furniture. And somehow with the great work of a lot of people, hard work, uh, the whole thing was put together. So we were able to welcome our American friends and colleagues from some of the, not just the best think tanks and universities in America, but in the world. Uh, we were also very fortunate to have some very senior Australian officials uh, visiting Washington who came to the opening, to the official launch. People like uh, the uh, Chief of the Defence Force, General Campbell, uh, Secretary of Defence, Greg Moriarty. And in what may be a unique occasion, we had the heads of four of Australia's uh, national intelligence agencies, uh, the Directors General from ASIS, ASD, ASIO and ONI, all present to uh, share the day with us. So. Of course, the number one star attraction was the uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister for Defence, Richard Miles, who very kindly took time out of what I'm sure was an incredibly congested program to officially open the Aspie office in Washington. It really was a great event. We were very, very privileged to have the Deputy Prime Minister and Defence Minister there, along with so many of the agency heads. Very few people noticed Mark and mentioned to you and me that uh, we didn't even have computers on the desks. I'm very <laughs> pleased that they came shortly afterwards, but it really was an excellent beginning to the office. Couldn't hope for it to have been any better. Now we need to do the hard yards in terms of consolidating hmm. that start. Can you tell us about what Aspie DC is all about? Why open the first office overseas and what will the priorities hmm. be? Look, Justin, in some ways, I think you could see it as a logical extension of where the Australia-US alliance has been and where it's going. You know, we, we have such an incredible depth of exchange on military matters, intelligence matters, trade and investment. Having an equally deep exchange of analytical work on policy that is of essential interest to both the United States and Australia seems like a logical next step. So our aim is to 
be able to provide a unique Australian voice here in Washington DC where so much of the decision making here affects the whole world obviously but Australia in particular. So we want to be able to provide unique Australian perspectives on uh, those critical policy issues. We also you know, want to provide a, a vehicle for uh, visiting uh, officials and politicians, regardless of uh, what political affiliation they may have, uh, to put their own perspectives to a US uh, audience that we're able to bring together to convene serious uh, players inside the US policy community and to provide a vehicle for, uh, as I say, officials and politicians from Australia to advance their own policy perspectives. Of course, it'll also be a resource for ASPE more broadly. Being able to access the current thinking here in Washington on a daily basis, meeting people who are actively engaged in the policy formulation process here will enable us to better inform ASPE in Canberra and the already you know, tremendous work that uh, analysts are doing in Australia. And finally, and this one I think is very important, we're not just about engaging the current generation of policy thinkers here in the US, although of course you know that will be a, a key priority. We really want to establish connections with and to provide different perspectives to the next generation of US uh, policy formulators, decision makers. So we'll be very much focused on who are the people who are likely to be in the next administration, not just in the current administration. It's a very good point, that last one. The, uh, the Australia-US alliance has always been strong, but recent years have really only enhanced its importance, whether it's the elevation of the Quad, creation of AUKUS, having to respond to the rise of authoritarianism, mm -hmm. particularly in this region from Beijing. How do you see ASPE enhancing the bilateral relationship even further? You know, as I say, uh, Justin, I think on so many levels, we already have a wonderful exchange and not forgetting for one minute, we have an incredibly effective embassy here in Washington. But the role of an embassy is very different from the role of an independent think tank. We are part funded by government, but we're independent of government and we're certainly independent of any party political affiliation. An embassy naturally is there to represent the government of the day in Australia and to represent Australian official uh, perspectives and Australian official uh, positions on uh, key issues. We are not bound by that. As an independent think tank, ASPE not just has you know, the right, it has a, an obligation, a responsibility to provide independent analytical advice to both our US interlocutors but also to uh, those in Australia who may be reading what we're writing or listening to what we're saying on podcasts such as this. So I do see a role in advancing the bilateral relationship through active engagement with our counterparts here who are equally interested in trying to identify maybe new ways of thinking, maybe just a better way of thinking to allow decision makers and policy formulators on both sides of the Pacific to create better policy and policy that uh, incorporates an Australian perspective. The complementarity with the Australian Embassy is important. We've got a great embassy in DC, uh, but indeed many of Australia's stakeholders in the US will look to ASPE for even deeper insights that may very well go beyond what Australian officials can say. So that will be an important part of your role, I agree. Yeah, absolutely, yep. We are very keen for ASPE 
DC to have that two-way focus, both representing Australia in DC, of course, and ensuring Australia is right on top of the key issues happening in the US. Much of this will reveal a strong security alignment, of course, between our two countries. But can you take us through any areas where you think differences could be highlighted? Well, Justin, if you'd asked me that question probably six months ago, I probably would have emphasised a difference in perspective uh, between the Biden White House uh, and the former uh, Morrison government on environmental issues and the centrality of those issues to US policy. Uh, the Biden administration uh, made clear right from day one, effectively, that it was putting uh, climate change and environment environmental issues right at the centre of its policy agenda. Now, Australia had a different approach to that, uh, but I think obviously now with uh, the new uh, government in Australia, uh, the Labor government is more closely aligned with that, but that would have been an example then. Now, uh, given how important the AUKUS uh, arrangements are and the incredibly significant strategic driver of the submarines program, the agreement by the United States to uh, transfer nuclear propulsion technology to Australia. That is a, a cornerstone policy that will have great significance, but there are a lot of hurdles to get over before we see a nuclear submarine in the water with the kangaroo uh, rondelle on the side. It's the case that for decades the United States has been able to live almost in splendid isolation when it comes to high-end capability to protect it and guard it and not share it, even with its closest partners outside the UK in, in relation to the submarines, but more broadly, even though the rest of the relationship is incredibly tight. What is required now is a change in uh, some organisational uh, structures here in the US in terms of holding on to sensitive uh, technologies and barring it from export, for example. But also there's a psychological change to change that uh, sense that the US can do it alone and should do it alone, even with it on some of these technologies, even with its closest partners. So I think there will be periods when uh, Australia's position on what is needed to make AUKUS a success won't be readily digestible to some in the uh, United States machine. And ASPE itself can play uh, at times a very influential role, a, a nudging role, even where there may not be differences at the, the vision level or the objective level, the ability to feed into all the players in Washington DC with ideas on how to reach those objectives is going to be a, a core role for us. With that said, Absolutely. of course, DC is the world centre for many of the leading think tanks. What do you see as Aspie's place within that marketplace of existing think tanks? It is an incredibly, if this is the right word, you know, competitive marketplace for ideas here in, in, in Washington. There are a lot of people clamouring for space to put their perspective forward, whether it's in a commercial space through lobbyists or in a pure policy analytical space through think tanks. You know, I think there's over 1,800 think tanks across the United States and 400 of them are here in Washington, D.C. Now, some of those are quite narrowly focused on, say, economic issues, and some of those are very tightly tied to a one side of politics or the other, and Aspie will be none of those things. 
But if you even just bring it down to what you could probably classify as the top 12 leading think tanks, Aspie will find itself in Washington not competing on scale, not competing on scale of funding. It'll be competing on quality, quality of its analysis, the quality of its presentations in person when we're attending uh, various events in, in Washington and indeed beyond Washington in the United States. So the, the way that Aspie uh, will carve out its place is by being uh, the only Australian think tank, uh, strategic policy think tank here in Washington DC, enabling others to have a go-to place for an Australian perspective on their own uh, analytical work um, and by ensuring that the uh, analytical product that comes out of Aspie Washington is absolutely first rate and entirely competitive with the best of these other much larger, better funded think tanks. There are so many issues going on around the world at the moment, whether it be the debate over Speaker Pelosi's potential visit to Taiwan, the debate over how much funding and resourcing the US should put into countering Russia's illegal war of Ukraine in comparison to what it needs to concentrate on countering malicious activity coming out of China, Aspie's role providing the Australian view within Washington DC will be crucial on all these matters and including in particular in relation to all the issues we are seeing across Southeast Asia and the Pacific. So I agree completely the ability for Aspie for you, Mark, and the team to be able to talk to stakeholders, whether they're in Congress, other think tanks, government, private sector, on what we're seeing in our region and what we need to do to improve regional security and prosperity will be an absolutely crucial part of your work. Absolutely. And just to pick up on something you just mentioned, Justin, and it's very important. Of course, we'll be presenting an Australian perspective, but I do see us also as having a role to play in presenting a broader regional perspective. Yeah. You know, Australia prides itself on its engagement in the Pacific, in Southeast Asia, and of course in North Asia, but in particular, I would think here in Washington DC, to be able to be a facilitator of a better understanding of the strategic environment in our part of the world and the view from some of those Pacific Island countries or from some of our near North neighbours uh, in Southeast Asia. I do think that will be a really important part of what we do here. Very much agree, very much agree. And with that, let's indulge ourselves for a moment and go into a bit of advertising mode. The founding <laughs> members of SBDC at its opening were you, of course, Mark and Chloe Havelry. We have a few more quality analysts officers in the pipeline, hopefully beginning as early mm. as next month, but we're on the hunt for more, mm -hmm. correct? A mix of both Australian we, and Americans. Can you tell us about what opportunities very, there are and how people who may be interested can get in contact with us? Yeah, look, we very much are, Justin. We've got positions here uh, at the intern level, at the researcher level, and at the analyst uh, level. And we would envisage an intern would be somebody probably who's finishing their postgraduate degree but thinks they can spare us 15, 20 hours here in the US, so probably a United States uh, uh, resident. Um, the researcher level would be someone who's just recently completed a postgraduate degree, a relevant degree, uh, for example. And then at the analyst level, it would be someone who's completed their postgrad but is uh, probably had two or three or more years experience uh, either in private sector or in the think tank or at, at university. Um, 
I'm sure someone who's smarter than me at these things will know how to post the uh, Twitter handle, the uh, channel, etc., etc., at the end of this, and uh, certainly on our on the website, the ASPE website, uh, you'll be able to find it. But I suspect there'll be notes at the end of this podcast that will uh, explain that as well. Excellent. And even though it'll be a relatively small office, in reality, if you were staffed with six to ten people working on, as you say, an Australian perspective in DC mm -hmm. focused on both Australia's national interest, the regional interest, while it, it is only six to 10 in number, compared to most other organisations in DC, notwithstanding how large they are, all are in totality, that number of six to 10 mark working on our areas of interest will actually be comparatively strong. Yes, it, it will, and you're quite right. And, and the, one of the challenges, the first challenges that I face and we face is to make sure that we are able to narrow our focus to the point where we are really concentrating on the things of critical importance uh, that we can become, as I say, a go-to uh, source of analysis on those really key matters. And you're right, the other much larger agencies have to cover the world, quite literally, um, and, and uh, perhaps a broader array of issues than we will be. But I just come back to the point, we'll, we'll always be competing on the quality of our product and the quality of the people that we, we hire. Uh, and we are looking forward to being joined soon by the first of those people and rolling out beyond that to filling out the team and really getting cracking on the job at hand. Mark, it's been a great start to the office, a really wonderful opening with the Deputy Prime Minister, as you said at the beginning, Best of luck. We'll both be working very hard to consolidate and make SBDC a great success, both for Australia and all our regional interests. Thank you very much, Mark Watson, Cheers, for joining the ASPE podcast. Look forward to doing many more in the future. Thanks, Justin. That's all we have time for this week on policy, guns and money. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening.